Let's do that. All right. Fun people, fun hope, fun times. (sighs) Hey, does anybody here, you ever look at your phone and you're just like, man, my phone is a blessing and a curse. Anybody ever think that when you look at your phone? It's a few of us. Yeah, I mean... You know, when we went on vacation, I just wanted to take a break and just kind of turn my phone off. I wanted to like leave it, you know, in a drawer somewhere. But the problem is we were somewhere we'd never been before and we were going to drive a bunch of cool places. And I knew that I would need it for driving directions. So it wasn't practical to do what I wish I could have done, which is just to leave it there. Now, here's the funny thing, confession here. I used to be Well, first it's a brag, then a confession, right? I used to be awesome at following paper maps, like map books, detailed map books. I was a cab driver when I was in Bible college for a while, and so I was really good at following maps back then, but now I have to admit, that skill has completely eroded because I can just use my phone, right? Anybody else wonder? Some of you are like, paper map, what? Yeah, so just rewind a couple decades, we'll show you what that looks like. But um, I can just use my phone, And I have to tell you, I am really, really grateful for, and I'll be specific, for Google Maps, okay? Now listen, I'm Apple everything else, but not Apple Maps. Anybody else have an Apple phone? Yeah, it's terrible. Go Google Maps, right? I'd get, save yourself the aggravation. Um, Because as much as my phone here can be a nuisance, when it comes to driving, especially if I'm in a new place, this dang phone is kind of indispensable. And actually, one of the good things about a phone uh, and using one of those GPS tracker map deals is that when you go wrong, isn't it amazing that the phone, the map, never gives up on you, right? And it just reroutes you. It's going to keep rerouting you over and over and over again as soon as possible. Turn around, right? When it is safe, make a U-turn, right? It's, It's amazing how patient the map program is, like, especially when I think, no, 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 I know a better way. I'm going to ignore the stupid map on this one. And then inevitably, it's got to, you know, help me find the actual route back to where I'm trying to go to get me back on track. Uh, And when I get lost or ignore it, it's weird. My phone doesn't say, dude, you've ignored my instructions so many times. Forget it. I'm done giving you directions, which is what I would do if I was, you know, the phone putting up with me. But it doesn't do that. It is infinitely patient. And, and, you know, clearly we could take our phone and we could turn it off, ignore it. But if we follow it, yeah, it can be a pretty good guide. Now, a, um, a phone, a GPS kind of map system works great for driving directions. But wouldn't it be amazing if there was a reliable guide to help us navigate the rest of our lives? Well, glad you asked. Uh, there is... There is, here's the easy turn right here. There is, God wants to speak with us, to relate to us. And sometimes God's even guiding us in specific ways for our life's journey. And that's maybe even where this illustration of the GPS phone map breaks down somewhat because a couple things, God's guidance isn't always plain and clear. It's not generally spelled out, you know, clearly on your screen sometimes, but usually not quite. 
And thankfully, you know, a phone is a machine and God is a person. God wants relationship. It's a huge difference. My phone doesn't really want a relationship. No matter how patient or nice it appears, it's not able to do that. But God wants relationship, which changes the whole dynamic of him speaking to us. Now, I was thinking about uh, maybe a story to, to kind of get us back into this theme that we started last week. And, and I was actually thinking about... Um, Martin Luther King Day, which is tomorrow, but that just kind of randomly jogged my memory to one of my heroes um, who lived back in the time of slavery in America, uh, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, she, she is someone who I deeply admire, particularly because she bet her life on hearing and trusting the voice of God. Now, Harriet herself, she escaped slavery in 1849, and she was filled with so much joy at finding freedom, but she wasn't satisfied with her own freedom. She actually made 19 return trips to the South and helped to free at least, at least 300 fellow slaves. She was able to testify this, I never lost a passenger and her guidance on the escape routes um, actually named, uh, earned her the nickname uh, Moses. <laughs> she was so good at leading people to freedom that she got the nickname Moses. And people would ask her, how did, how did you do it? And she would say that she would listen carefully for the voice of God as she led slaves to their freedom in the north. And she would only go where she felt God was leading her. Sometimes as specifically as, hey, no, go this way. Wait, stop. Okay, go hide. No, go this way. Okay, now go. Wait, go faster. I mean, things that specific sometimes. That's how she did it, listening for the voice of God, even that specifically. And the people that were around Harriet said that the source of her strength came from her faith in God as deliverer and protector of the weak. She was known to say, I always told God, I'm gonna hold steady on you and you've got to see me through. A fellow abolitionist and, and Quaker minister, Thomas Garrett, he, he said of Harriet, he said, I've never met any person of any color who had more confidence in the voice of God. Harriet Tubman, she was a hero whose trust in God and hearing God's voice um, allowed her, her trust allowed her to do incredible, courageous things. But friends, um, that's amazing, but you don't have to be a hero in order to hear God speak to you. You know, you and I can actually grow in confidence, maybe even that much confidence, in hearing the voice of God and trusting in God's guidance. Now, I'm not saying that it would necessarily mean that we would be guided at every step to escape all danger like Harriet experienced. I don't think it starts there anyways. But, but just even on an everyday level, I think about danger and, a, and I just wonder, I wonder how many times do... Do I walk into messes or to danger or to problems that could have been avoided if I simply more of the time lived with the category of having an openness to hearing God guide and speak to me in the everyday details of life? Like if I just had that category, I wonder what I'd avoid. And then I think of like, wow, what kinds of awesome things might happen, right? If I 
trusted God, if we trust God to guide us and do what he speaks and says, how many times would we take that path down a maybe even scary looking road or take that risk and, and then experience incredible blessings because he led us to something we said yes and a whole new world opened up to us all because we listened to his voice. In the one story like that um, has to do with my, uh, my uh, knucklehead friend. Uh, you guys know some of them. You guys know Benny, right? Benny, I'm a knucklehead and he's a knucklehead as well, right? And here's a picture uh, of Benny eating uh, a burger that I made for him on his birthday. Um, that's Benny. He, he cooks for us here all the time, the catering business. That's Benny. Well, about 20, 20-ish years ago, Benny had recently gotten serious about his walk with God. Uh, he was attending a, a church and he enjoyed it, but he felt this prompt to go visit that Sunday night church pastored by that Doug guy who had eaten at the restaurant he was working at, which seemed like a really weird message, but he thought God might be speaking to him, so he did it. Uh, Long story short, that night at the church that he went ahead and visited by the prompt, he met um, Stephanie. Now, Stephanie was our lead greeter at the door, which, by the way, you single people, there you go, there's there's an idea for you right there. Lead greeter at the door. Um, And what she did was she invited him to our newcomer event, which he thought was a date, which is hilarious because it wasn't, right? And they still argue about that to this day. Um, uh, It's pretty funny. Um, And by the way, you know, don't get any ideas about, you know, bringing a date to our newcomer event at the house tonight, okay? It's, It's like... Or maybe do, I don't know, we could give it a shot. Yeah, Heidi's like, yeah. So anyway, however that went down, um, eventually they went on a real date and uh, I did their wedding less than a year later. And yeah, there we go, there they are. Um, and there's, there's, there's the wedding day and here's now uh, Easter at Hope this last year, Benny and Stephanie. They and their two boys are a part of Hope and uh, we are friends for life. And actually just a few days ago, Benny texted this to me. He said, following that prompting from God changed everything in my life from that evening forward. And it led to almost every person, the closest friends that are still in his life today. I mean, just think about that. All of that happened because Benny sensed this kind of random sounding nudge that might have been from God. And he's like, wait, what? Like, I like my church. Why go check that place out? And, but he followed what he thought what God might be speaking to him, and it changed everything for him. And for you, because you get to eat his food here. So there you go. Um, but um, now, just a little quick review. Last week, I, I touched on a few of the things, setting up this idea of God speaking to us today. And so today, um, I want to continue looking at, well, how does God speak to regular, normal people like us today? And this is week two of sort of this mini-series on just some of the ways God still speaks to his people today. Last week, I outlined why, yes, I do believe God still speaks to people today. So if you have questions about that, that might be a place to start to go back and listen to that one. But, but essentially, um, I'm saying that, that hearing from God was not just reserved for you know, super saints or back-end Bible times, um, that hearing from God is intended to be a normal part of the Christian life. 
And so this week and uh, next week, we are just looking at three of the primary ways that God speaks to us. And again, this is not an exhaustive list, but to try to keep this you know, down to three or four weeks, um, we landed on these three because, listen, God speaks in many ways, right? I think these are three of the most common, and we're just trying to create some categories for us as a way of tuning in and listening to God in these categories. And so three of the, I'm calling them primary ways we can learn to hear from God are through the word of God. God, which is what we talked about last week, the Spirit of God, which we're going to talk about today and a little bit next Sunday, uh, and the third is the people of God. So the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. And again, I'll just say, God speaks way more ways than that. God is not limited at all. God can speak however he wants, like through nature, through songs, visions, dreams, through random people, through angels. I mean, heck, back in the Old Testament, God spoke through a donkey, which is a way funnier story when you use the King James word for it, but we'll stay away from that today, right? <laughs> but God speaks in many ways, but we're just gonna look at these kind of three basic ways that we learn to hear God speak through the word of God, which is kind of shorthand for the Bible. So the word of God, the Bible. The spirit of God, which is that voice of the spirit speaking within us. And the people of God, which is the community of believers around us. So this week, Hearing from God through the Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of God. Now, this is where um, you sense God speaking to your heart, uh, nudging you, maybe prompting you. And before we dive into this one, I just want to say right up front, um, I want to say this. Scripture is the foundation for all hearing from God. So if what you think you are hearing from God contradicts Scripture, it's not God. It's not God, right, okay? You have to go with the word of God every time. So the word of God overrules every other thing that we might think we're hearing every time. If it disagrees with scripture, then it's not God. So, um, and part of why I mention that is because this one's a little fuzzier sometimes for us, hearing from God through the spirit of God. And like I mentioned last week, Dallas Willard said, when we deal with the practice of hearing God's spirit speak to us as individuals, we have entered what he called a spiritual and intellectual hard hat area. It's an area that can be fraught with danger and sometimes even could be harmful. There's misunderstanding that can happen. It's a hard hat area. And because sometimes people see the damage that happens, they see that and, and maybe they see it by somebody who's a so-called prophet or somebody sees damage that's done um, where, where someone is hurtful uh, or they, someone, they watch somebody say, well, God told me, followed by whatever they think. Um, they see the abuses, they see stuff way out of bounds and some Christians say, yeah, no, listen, that's, that's, let's not even waste our time with trying to hear God through the spirit of God. I mean, listen, God stopped speaking to people at the end of the Bible and they might say, well, now God only speaks through the Bible which I understand, but the thing is, that's not what the Bible says. It's not what the Bible says. In fact, that's not even what Jesus himself says. Uh, check out this passage here. In fact, um, I encourage you to read John chapter 10 uh, much slower and in much more detail uh, this week. Um, but a quick skim of this is what we're going to do, and it shows that Jesus himself teaches that he speaks to us. Verse one, truly I say to you, who he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs out another way, 
That man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters the door by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. Now look at this. Next verse. The sheep hear his what? Voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his what? Voice. Stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. In the next slide here, um, he talks about how the sheep don't listen to the strangers, to the thieves and robbers. The next slide, the next verse, in fact, we're going to glide through this one, but I think we'll come back and spend some time on verse 10 and 11 here. But this is, I just want you to know, because many of you have heard this verse where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. A lot of us have heard that verse, and it's in the context of the sheep hearing the shepherd's voice. How do we find that life abundantly? We follow the voice of the shepherd who leads us into this abundant life. We'll come back to that, I hope, uh, in the next week here. Um, And that's really good stuff. So next slide, um, verse 14. Let's skip down to verse 16. Jesus ends with this. He says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So just right here, quick skim of one passage. This is one place in many places of scripture, but Jesus right here makes it clear that he speaks, and so therefore we can learn to hear his voice. Now, when this topic of hearing God's voice speak to us from the Spirit of God, um, there are at least three common reactions to this this concept here, especially if if we haven't operated with the category that Jesus wants us to hear his voice. There's there's, um, three common reactions, and I just have to admit and point out that there's three because, well, I'm a pastor, so you're welcome. All right. Um, But the first reaction I want to talk about is skepticism. There's skepticism. And by the way, I'm talking to Christian skeptics here. I don't have an interest in trying to convince or argue people outside the faith because, honestly, there's all kinds of things about our faith that do sound a little surreal and odd. So I'm talking to Christian skeptics on this, ones who might say, well, listen, because you can't really prove that God spoke to you, um, then it's not real. They might even conclude You know, anybody who believes that God's speaking to them is clearly just making stuff up inside their head at best. Um, And those folks, the skeptics, might also be in the camp that believes that God only speaks through the Bible, even though the Bible itself clearly says differently. So that's the skeptics. Another group I want to spend a couple minutes talking to will be um, those who end up feeling confused by this idea that God speaks to us. Maybe they think, wow, you know, I've been... I've been a Christian maybe for a long time and I still don't hear God speak to me. Is there, is there something wrong with me? Like they might even be afraid that since they think they don't hear, maybe they're not one of Jesus' sheep. And to that group, which I'll say for last, um, my heart goes out to you because I, I want you to know that, that that would be a lie that the enemy would try to use to pull you away from God, that, that you, um, you don't have to worry about not being one of the sheep if you've said yes to Jesus. But we'll come back to the ones that are confused because um, that happens, I think, to many of us. And some of us um, kind of go from one camp to the other, right? 
And then that third group, I'll call, um, I'll call the, the overconfidence. Um, there's probably some pride going on with the overconfidence. And these people would be on maybe the opposite side of those that, that um, are confused because the overconfidence, although they do believe they hear from God, um, maybe the way they talk about it is off-putting at best. Or at worst, some of these what I'm putting in the overconfident category, they, they might casually slap a, well, God told me label on their opinions um, or their wishes, um, that, that those things are their opinion and wishes, but they want to put God's name on it, which, by the way, is taking God's name in vain. Isn't there a commandment about that? Yeah, okay, yeah. Just um, and, and I'm not going to go deep into this, but you saw a lot of that kind of, taking God's name in vain, you saw a lot of that in the last presidential election. And it pushes people away, both inside the church and outside the church, when people take God's name in vain that way. Um, so there's a danger there. And I just want to offer some thoughts to all three of those groups. And, and I'll start with what I'm calling the Christian skeptics. Um, and there was a guy that kind of paints the picture for me of the Christian skeptic. Uh, he was at a church that I pastored years ago, and he had this question that he would often ask people, and he would ask them, have you ever heard God speak in an out loud voice to you? And out of the hundreds of people he asked, he said that he never had a legitimate person answer yes. So therefore, his contention as a Logical, scientific, Western male-minded dude, his contention was that people just made stuff up in their head and then called it God speaking to me. And I had to answer him with, well, you know what? Maybe, sometimes. Because, yeah, sometimes people do make stuff up. Sometimes we want an answer so badly or we're not sure about it, so we slap the God-approved label on it to try to elevate the authority of it. Or um, sometimes we see people abuse others by saying, well, God told me this as an excuse to do or say what they want to do or say. Blame it on God. So yes, yes, sometimes, sometimes people make it up in their head. But when it comes to God speaking in an audible voice, and if that's the measurement by which knowing if God speaks today or not, um, here's the deal. God rarely speaks out loud in an audible voice. Rarely speaks out loud in an audible voice. He rarely even does it in scripture where, where God actually speaks out loud and everybody in the group hears it. Um, you know, he breaks protocol um, and does it after Jesus is baptized, right? And people hear him say, well, this is my beloved son, right? They hear that and there's two other instances around Jesus where God speaks audibly, but, but he's not, at least in front of groups, he's not real big on the speaking audibly, group message out loud kind of thing. Um, and so while some people might hear God speak audibly to them, they might, um, almost always, almost always, when we hear from God through the Spirit of God, it's an internal thing, right? We hear the Spirit of God, it's an internal thing. It, it happens within you, which actually makes complete sense, and it's biblical because Romans 8.11 is just one of the places that tells us the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. Giving your mortal body life by his Spirit living where? Within you. So, one more try at it. God's 
spirit lives where? Yeah, in us, within us. So then it makes sense that when Jesus speaks to us, that it will sound oftentimes, it will sound like an internal voice since he lives inside of us. So that's where it's usually coming from. It doesn't, at least regularly, it doesn't just, it's not normal that it would just come from the outside audible voice. And so if you have said yes to Jesus, scripture says that Jesus dwells within you. And so hearing from God through the spirit of God happens internally. And sometimes it's just us learning to kind of cultivate that. We learn to listen. We cultivate. We, we recognize him speaking from within because it's all about this relationship with, with Jesus who is this, this good shepherd who wants to guide us and protect us and love us, this good shepherd who lives within our hearts. So second group, common group here, um, that I want to just address for a moment would be the overconfidence. And, and I think that this includes those of us who know or believe that God does speak. Maybe we even have some confidence in that reality. But oftentimes, you know, some of us that know or believe that God speaks, we, the way we talk about it um, to others um, can reveal some immaturity in us. Um, now, hey, by the way, there's some good news. Like, it's not a bad thing to be immature about something. Good, the good thing about immature people is that they, we, um, can learn. We can practice. We trust mature Christians. We can actually grow up in the areas that need maturing, right? But mature or immature, I want to caution all of us um, because there's a danger with mature Christians too. Like mature Christians who, who operate in this area of hearing God can, can lose, we can lose track of our humility. Real quickly, we can lose track of humility because, I mean, think about this. Um, hearing the God of the universe speak something to us is pretty incredible stuff. Like, it's pretty blow-away, amazing stuff. And by the way, I do believe it's real. Sometimes there's confirmation. It's really hard to deny that God spoke something. I do believe it's real. But, but remember, this is a spiritual and intellectual hard-hat area. So even if you think that God spoke something, it's okay and probably a good idea to be humble about it, right? Humility in hearing from God is key, especially if we're telling others what we think we've heard because, among other reasons, because sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> like, I've been wrong in what I thought I've heard at least a, you know, a few times, right? Sometimes in a relationship, sometimes in a person I hired, once in a job that I took, another time in a direction I thought for sure God was leading, and it turns out I was wrong. And so sometimes we think it's God, and we say it's God, and, you know, some circles it'd be, you know, if we want to add some emphasis to it, we'd say, thus saith the Lord, you know, just a kind of exclamation point in some circles. I grew up in one of those circles. Uh, it's interesting. I could tell stories, but we don't have time. Um, but, but, but all that to say, humility, when we hear from God, it's so important because sometimes we're wrong. But even when we're right, and we know that God is speaking, leading with humility is still the right posture. Ex explaining it with humility is the right posture. And so if you ever do think you heard something from God, how you say it, how you say, well, God told me this, how you say that is so important. I'd suggest maybe saying something like, hmm, well, 
I have a sense that God might want us to do this. Or I'm, I'm feeling like maybe this is what God is saying to us. What do you think? Like, ask the other person, what do you think? <laughs> Which, you know, again, this is humility. It's, it means we're not, be, we're not pushing our opinion. We're trying to be open. Um, and we see such a great example of this in, in the book of Acts, in the early church, uh, chapter 15 of Acts, um, starting in verse 28. And the scene for this Uh, What I'm going to describe here, um, all these top leaders of the church had come together for the Jerusalem council. It was a big deal. So all the big apostles were there as Peter was there and John was there and, and, and the apostle Paul was there. And they all came together. They're trying to give guidance to the Gentile believers on some super important issues. And so they come up with their decision. They work through it. They pray through it. And then they write a letter to the Gentiles. And in their instructions to the Gentile church, they say this, and what I'm really interested in is the first line. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, just pause there for a moment because then they go on with the important instructions, but, but, but like, that's kind of like a bolt of lightning because what they're going to communicate, again, this is really important, crucial stuff, but do you see the first sentence, the humility, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, which is like, wow. I mean, again, think of this. The big shots of the church were there. Peter, Paul, John, they were all there for crying out loud. Dang, if you would think that, that, that for sure a thus saith the Lord would be in order with those guys around, right? <laughs> But instead, the word seemed is used in the passage, and they're right about what needs to happen, yet they are still humble. And we would do well to follow their example of humility, especially when conveying what we think God is speaking. We might say, uh, it seemed God was saying, or I have a sense that or what I felt was this. Because again, when we do think God spoke something to us and we're gonna tell someone about it, it's spiritual and and intellectual hard hat area. So we have to handle it with humility. So we avoid hurting people or feeding skepticism or confusing those around us. So that's the second group and I urge humility for all of us. And then the third group, when it comes to wondering about what it means to hear God speak to us from within, those who feel confused. Um, You know, I know that some of us hear us talk about, you know, God speaking. Or maybe the passage I just read where it says, where Jesus says, um, my sheep hear and know my voice. Pretty clear it's there. You read that verse and maybe you wonder, I'm a Christian. I love God. Why has God never spoken to me? Dallas Willard, who wrote a book I highly recommend called Hearing God, um, tells about a family dinner that they had. One Sunday, it was after a church service, and the pastor at the church service said that God spoke to him about some things the church needed to do. And so everybody was chatting excitedly, except for Grandma. Grandma was a saint. She had this deep, long life of following Jesus. And finally, she quietly said, I wonder, I wonder why God never speaks to me like that. 
And it just stopped him in his tracks. And he realized there's a danger about kind of loosely speaking about what, you know, God spoke or how it was said. And he pointed out that even for some mature Christians, this topic can be confusing or discouraging, or, or worse, it can cause people to doubt their faith or doubt God's love for them or to wonder if something is wrong with you because you're not hearing what it seems like you're supposed to be hearing. And again, remember, if you have said yes to Jesus, you belong to him. Nothing can change that. He is your shepherd, you are his sheep, and he does speak to us. He, he wants us to hear his voice. He offers to lead us. And so if you wonder why you aren't hearing him speak, um, maybe, just maybe, one of the reasons, because there's reasons, but one of the reasons, maybe, maybe you just didn't know that this is available. Maybe nobody ever mentioned that this is possible. They just focused on Bible study, Bible study, Bible study, Bible study, which is great, but there's more. So maybe you didn't know this is possible. So hear me, it is possible. It is possible. I believe it was uh, Craig McConnell um, who said, if I don't believe that God will speak to me because I've never heard from him, that's like wondering my, why my radio doesn't work when it isn't plugged in. You have to plug it in so you can tune in to what is already being broadcast. I thought that was pretty good, right? If I'm wondering why my radio isn't worked, it's not plugged in, you know, what I need to do is then plug it in and tune in. Oh, well, there we go, right? See, we have to tune in to what's already being broadcast. See, radio signals, they're all around us. I, I looked this up. There's actually at least 62 stations in Phoenix. But until we plug in and tune in, it's just air. There's nothing there. Friends, Jesus does speak to his people. And maybe we're missing out because we haven't known that we need to plug in and learn to tune in to hear the broadcast. Again, maybe you're like, I don't know that God would ever speak to me. Maybe you just need to plug in, tune in. Maybe you didn't know that you could hear. But now you do. So for you, the next step would be maybe just plugging in. Just plugging in. And by the way, Full disclosure, I forget this stuff all the time. Like, I'm like talking to myself. I'm like, wow, I have not heard from God uh, much in a while. And then I turn around and realize um, that I'm not even listening, <laughs> not stopping. Um, I'm not plugged in or I haven't tuned in to listen to what God is saying to me. So to tune, to, to, to hear what God is speaking to us, we do have to learn to plug in, to tune in, and to listen. Not that that's always easy, right? It takes getting quiet and listening, you know, instead of, you know, when we pray, we just blab, blab, talk, 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 kind of like I do with the sermon, just talk, 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 keep going, right? Never pause, never stop, right? If you do that in prayer, thank you, one of you chuckled, thank you for that. Um, um, we do that in prayer, we're not gonna hear much because, oh, we didn't know, we're supposed to just pause for a little while and, and give space for God to speak, 
Um, and it takes time to learn to do that. It sometimes takes time and practice to discern, is that God's voice speaking or is it my voice? Or is it, you know, even another verse voice? Um, um, 1 John 4 says to test the spirits because apparently there can be more than one spirit trying to speak. We have to learn to discern because of that. Um, it takes practice. It takes wisdom. It takes this open posture to what God is talking about and which is not always what I want to be talking about, right? I want to talk about this. God's talking about that. I'm not going to hear. Um, it takes being willing to bounce off what we might be hearing uh, off of a mature believer, and we'll talk more about that next week. Um, and I wouldn't expect that right away we'd start hearing the voice of God and we'd be able to navigate every danger like Harriet Tubman did. But in time, who knows? Who knows what your life and mine will be like when we develop this radical trust in hearing and obeying the voice of God in our everyday lives. Who knows what will change in our lives? The people that we'll reach out to, the experiences that we'll have, the danger we might avoid. Who knows how good it could be? Well, next week, um, we'll pick up with this. Unless, you know, the Lord tells me not to, then... Uh... <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I plan next week to describe a bit about what it means that God speaks to us through the people of God, the community of God. And I want to come back and talk a little bit more about what we talked about today, um, recognizing, learning to recognize God's voice when God does speak. Just some, give some simple practical tools to help get started for those of us that's new to or to go deeper if you've been doing this for a while in this area of our relationship with God where we want to have this conversation to hear from him. Um, and, you know, part of why I want to do some practical tools is that some people just haven't ever even maybe embraced this category that God wants to speak with us by his spirit within us. And nobody made it practical, so they go, oh, it sounds like a nice idea. What does it look like to tune in and listen? Um, well, we need to wrap up, so we'll come back to that uh, next week. Um, Troy, will you come? And team, if you want the team. Um, and as we close, here is something um, that I think can just be practical and helpful for us right now when it, when it comes to learning to hear God speak to us from his spirit within us. Um, whether you're new at this or you've done, you know, the walking with God, hearing him speak for a long time, either way, um, this is true. Hearing God's voice starts with our heart posture. It's where it starts, with our heart posture. And we can do this right now. The posture of being open and saying yes. Um, and from that posture, which is a posture of humility, it's amazing how the grace of God shows up and you might just hear God speak something to you. Maybe he'll speak to you like we talked last week, something from scripture that he wants your heart to hear and absorb. Or he'll speak in another way or he'll whisper something to you. But for many years, many, many years, there's a prayer that I keep returning to over and over and over. And the prayer is this, speak to me, God. I'm listening. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. And sometimes I forget for a long time. And then I remember, speak to me, God. I'm listening. So before we sing, we're gonna we're going to hit the bass really hard. That's the Lord saying something good, yeah. 
But before we sing, let's take a moment. And what we're gonna do is just with the band playing instrumentally, um, let's just take a moment to quiet our hearts and say, speak to me, God, I'm listening. Because I'm aware that for many of us, finding quiet is hard. Anybody besides me ever have trouble finding a quiet place in your week where it's, you know, silence, anyone, just a few of us, the rest of us, we wanna know your story, Um, but yeah. But we're gonna take just a quiet moment right now. Let's just do that this morning for this moment together while um, the band just quietly plays. We're just gonna have quiet and our prayer together for the next minute or so is just gonna be, speak to me, God, I am listening.